Hello and welcome to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast presented by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, with Nicole Chandler and Kate Fletcher from Casa de Amparo. So Kate is the Special Events and Donor Relations Coordinator. Nicole is the PR and Marketing Specialist. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you thanks for having so, us. Yeah, thank you so much. So, you know, there's... Everything seems to be COVID this, COVID that, pandemic. And it's not that we forget, but there are everything else in our lives is still going on. And um, all the issues uh, are still going on. So, and, and child abuse is something that is, um, is, is something, a, a challenge to be able to, to help, the, help children to have to deal with that. Um, so that's what you guys do. And so tell us a little bit about um, a little bit about the history of, of Casa de Amparo and some of the background for those of uh, listening that really don't, don't know what's, um, what Casa de Amparo is all about and what you guys do. Of course. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, this is uh, just as important now as ever. We actually have kids who are living with us um, on our site and kids who are living in the community right now. So it's so important that we support them. Um, we started in 1978 and we actually started at the Oceanside uh, Mission and we're originally an emergency shelter for women and children. But then um, as we evolved and we grew, we began to focus more on the children. So now we specifically help children who are at risk or affected by abuse and neglect. So we got our own campus over here in San Marcos a couple years back and have been here and love it. We have... We love having you in San Marcos, too. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a beautiful facility. It is beautiful. Yeah, and we're just around the corner from you guys, so we love it. Um, but so on that site, we have our residential services program where we help um, teen girls age 12 to 18. And then we also have our New Directions program for emancipated foster youth aged 18 to 25, and we help subsidize apartments in the community for them, provide them all their needs, get them connected with resources. Um, And we have that in Oceanside, Escondido, um, San Marcos, and it just kind of depends on what relationships we have with what uh, apartment complexes as well. And then our family visitation program, which is um, for youth in foster care, and they have been separated from their parents, and we facilitate um, supervised visits. And our staff takes notes on that and uh, gives that back to the court because those kids are working toward reunification. So our staff is just there to kind of help facilitate and to um, make sure that everything's happening for the best interest of the child. So I'm, I'm curious if it's been more, cha- I'm, I'm sure it has been more challenging with, with COVID, but um with the schools being uh, not being in person and I mean, cause that's a lot of times that's where it's detected, right? I mean, teachers are trained to uh, be able to know when they're seeing a student face to face where, when there's trouble at home. So um, how, how do you overcome something like that? Or has there been uh, different mechanisms or, or challenges to be able to um, get to the, get to the kids that need help? Yeah, for sure. I mean, ever since, since the pandemic hit, we've had a lot of changes on campus, especially with our campus that houses children. Um, so we have uh, our 12 to 18-year-olds on campus, and they're all not in school right now. So right. we had to figure out how to um, create an environment where um, they could learn safely and social distance. Um, 
So we had to create another classroom for them on campus, which meant moving other things around. Um, and then we also had to prepare for the event of a outbreak on our campus. So we have a lot of employees coming in and out all the time. And so if one of them were to get COVID and it were to outbreak amongst all, everyone else, we would have to quarantine. So that would mean that the employee employees would have to stay on campus with us, um, with the kids, instead of going home to their family every day. So we set up a quarantine room, and we were lucky enough to get some donations to, of beds um, to be able to create that quarantine room. Um, so we're very thankful for that. And of course, we are following all the precautions, masks, um, temperature takes, hand sanitizing stations, all of that good stuff to make sure that we're we're doing things safely. Yeah, I mean, that's what's been amazing during this pandemic. And, you know, we talk mostly on this um, podcast with businesses. And as a chamber, we deal with businesses. We have a lot of nonprofits that are also chamber members. Thank you for being uh, chamber members. Uh, but it's just amazing to see what everybody does to get through this pandemic and everything possible to be able to continue to function as a business or as an organization and be safe. And because that's, you know, and, and we've, as a chamber, we've pushed for businesses to be able to remain open, but always being safe. And we, we do a farmer's market and it's, you know, you have to wear a mask and, and you can't, you can't get up there and touch all the produce and all that stuff, but it, but it works and you do whatever you have to. Uh, but more importantly for what you guys do and being able to, to keep these kids safe. So uh, thank you for everything that you do to, uh, to help these kids in need you for letting us share our story so how does the process work how does like how do the kids get to Casa de Amparo and and what type of what's the timeline of how long and kind of walk us through a little bit of how it works yeah of course um, so we work very closely um, with social workers and the county and that's actually who's placing the child they're determining what the best um, place for that kid is going to be so when they decide that it's CASA, they'll connect with our intake coordinators um, and begin working on that process. And that's for our residential services program. For our New Directions program, um, emancipated foster youth can reach out to us and um, inquire about the program if uh, it's a good fit for them. And then for family visitation, it is all um, court appointed through social workers as well. Um, for our residential program, we have kids, we're a Ideally, we want to be a short-term um, residential uh, treatment program. So our goal is to be able to help the kids who have the most trauma and the most emotional and um, physical behavioral needs and to be able to work with them to help um, them heal and begin to move forward so that they can be placed in ideally a family uh, situation or foster home. So normally we aim for... It can be anywhere from three months to three years, honestly. It's just what's in the best interest for that child. And they're, again, their social worker is the one deciding that. Um, we'd love to be able to help them transition quickly into a um, foster family or back with extended family, something where they're able to go back to their community. But it just depends on what their needs are. And as far as the resident, residential services, what's the, what's the capacity at Casa de Amparo? Well, I think right now we have about 32 girls on campus. Um, we are able to hold more, but it all depends on our staffing and how many people we have to take care of the kids. But also, you know, 
the the general need on on how many kids are are well let me rephrase that i'm sorry um what the the child needs we really look at what the child needs and how our program can really help them so it all depends on those kind of things how many people we have as, as staff and what we can do to really help that child okay i want to talk a little bit about um funding because it's uh, all this, uh, all the employees, all the work, everything that you guys do doesn't just happen. It it has to, um, you know. I'm sure there's there's many volunteers, uh, people that donate money. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. We've got people that may be listening to this episode that um, are listening to what your mission is and what you guys are doing, and they're like, "How can I help? What can I do to to help make an impact on on these kids and these children that are at Casa de Amparo?" So what what can they do? Of course, yeah. Well, we wouldn't be able to be here without the community. We have had so much tremendous support, especially during COVID, from um, donors. And normally, we have a huge volunteer base too. So we have we have truly missed being able to see them all the time, like we normally would. But the best ways to get involved are um, you can donate funds, and they go to supporting our programs. We do get funding from um, the federal government and the state and local governments, but really it doesn't cover everything. And what we do for fundraising is make sure that we are able to fill those gaps. So during the summer when we had to quarantine all our kids on campus, that's 32 teenagers on our site full time. We went out and we bought things like bikes for them. Um, We got different items donated from the community as well. Um, We had a water day, things like that. So what the funds really go to is helping make sure that these kids have a normal childhood and they have some of those positive memories that we have and that we grew up with because being able to share that with them is just so important. So donations are always critical. Uh, You can also donate in kind. So we were just talking about this earlier. We are actually going to be neighbors with the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce this month. Welcome to the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) We love it here. We will be having our annual donation center, and that's going to be just across the street. Um, And what that is, is we work with different community members, different um, families, anyone really, and we are able to get wish lists from each of our kids in our different programs, and then we are able to sponsor those out to people. So we have people who are helping provide the holiday cheer and the holiday spirit for these kids by getting them gifts. We also always have general wish list needs. This is a great time for us to kind of stock up for all of our needs throughout the year so that we're able to store. And then as it comes, as people need them in our programs, we can get them their items right away. Um, I know that one of the important things, uh, I was on campus a couple weeks ago and we had a new intake and none of her stuff had gotten there yet. So she was just there. She didn't have anything. We were able to take her, get her some clothes, get her some slippers, some fuzzy socks, so that she could just kind of go shower and kind of start to settle in. So those items that we get, especially during the holidays, are so important. Um, And then volunteering is always a huge one. We have uh, lots of different opportunities. We do need help at our volunteer, our donation center. We'll have volunteers helping sort gifts and wrap gifts and make sure everything goes smoothly. We always uh, refer to them as our elves during this time of year. (laughs) But during the rest of the year, too, normally we have um, tons of different events that we always need help with. Um, Sometimes we'll have campus cleanups, but obviously kind of as things begin to open up more, we'll be reevaluating that. You know, I before I worked at the chamber, um, and we're talking with Kate Fletcher and Nicole Chandler with Casa de Amparo. 
before I worked for the chamber, I worked for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and I, we would always do a holiday party and for the you know, either cancer survivors or family members and, and kids and be able to do something with Santa Claus and be able to give gifts. And some of the kids couldn't actually come to the event, and so there would be uh, donations of gifts. And I was the only one living in North County, so I, I went and delivered some of the gifts, and it was just it, some of the most gratifying work I've ever done, just seeing the, the faces of these children light up when they saw these presents. So, so it must be very gratifying for what you guys do and to be able to see that and share their experiences. Yeah, for sure. It really gives them, a lot of them say that it makes them feel normal. Um, they feel like they have a lot of support from the community and are part of a family when they realize that we're able to give them a good holiday season. So and something to remember. And I also want to mention, too, we're going to have, and um, so everyone listening today, we'll have uh, episode notes. And so we'll put links on all this information we're talking to, especially information about, you know, how to how to donate items and where to go and what to do and how to do it. Um, you know, but it has to be challenging, too, from I'm sure a lot of the fundraising is through events and having to do them in a virtual mode. And I know we've been everybody's been stuck in that virtual mode, but how have you been able to, have you still been able to do some events and do you have any that are coming up? Yeah. Um, we actually had our annual crystal ball gala on November 14th. So that was a big change for us. We did it completely virtual. Um, we were, we were able to have a really successful event. So we were so, um, excited to see that a lot of our longtime supporters came back and really were there to make sure because they know where the funds are going. They know that, they're helping children and they still want to be a part of that. Um, so that was a really fun event. We, um, Nicole and I were down in studio and we had our auctioneer and we were um, live streaming through YouTube with the whole production company. So totally different ball game, but it was really fun. And we also had a virtual auction going on and we uh, worked with a catering company to get meals delivered to all of the attendees. So we were trying to make it feel like we were bringing the event to them. So we're hoping we have some spring events coming up, our Meet the Chefs event and a golf tournament as well. And we're hoping for golf we'll be able to be in person, but chefs maybe will be able to do um, something fun and virtual as well. We actually currently have an event going on. Uh, it's online <laughs> completely. So it's a shopping event. And now what we have done is gathered a whole bunch of local and small businesses. They are donating 20% um, of the proceeds that they make during this time up until the December 8th um, to Casa de Amparo. Um, so it's a good way to help with small businesses, but also um, help fund Casa Kids. So, um, yeah, that's that is our Casa Community Boutique, and you can find that link on our website. And and I think that just shows the uh, the passion of people that they still want to give. They see how important it is. They see the great work that you're doing at Casa de Amparo, and you know whether it's in person or not, whether it's a, a gala in person or a golf outing or whatever it may be. Uh, the bottom line is they want to help. They want to uh, help raise funds to help these kids that are are in need, and appreciate everything that you that you both do to, to help with these, um, with your mission. Just before we, before we go uh, today, I just want to kind of give you the last word. If there's anything else, uh, we discussed several things today, but you know, what else is there that, uh, that you want our listeners to know about Casa de Amparo? Well, 
Well, um, we do want to know that we are always hiring. Um, we are currently on a staff shortage, so we are currently hiring for those Casa de Amparo heroes, um, looking for people to take care of our kids and um, be able to be a mentor for them. So you can find more information about that on our website as well. And um, we would love to have you. It's important, especially it's good to know. I mean, especially now because there's so much uh, turmoil with, with employment and everything else. And uh, everybody has so many challenges. And, you know, hopefully I, I wake up every day and I think, okay, that's one less day of <laughs> pandemic. So, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be a great time when we're able to look, uh, look in our rearview mirror at this and what's happened in 2020. And it will be there someday, yeah. <laughs> someday, someday we'll get there. But I think it's important um, it, to, you know, everything else. I mean, I know there's like, there's huge mental health issues and things like that that don't go away. And, you know, the child abuse and those issues don't just disappear because of a, because of COVID. And, and in some cases may even be worse just because of the, um, you know, the school's not having in person, you know, teachers don't have the contact with the students. So uh, if you're listening out there, uh, you know, help out the kids and, and volunteer or donate, uh, get involved with Casa de Amparo. It's a, it's a great organization that does great things for, for kids and children and teens that, that really need your help. So ladies, thanks so much for joining us on the uh, San Marcos business and community podcast. So it was, it was great, great chatting with you and, and great learning more about Casa de Amparo. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. And thanks for everyone for listening to today's episode. Have a great day.